Thanks for listening to this message. For more information about The Exchange, visit www.theexchange.cc. Or you can join us for one of our Sunday gatherings each Sunday at 8.30, 10, and 11.30 a.m. Hey, today we're going part three of our series called Grow Up. All right, you ready? Grow up. Uh, in this series, we've been challenged uh, to grow up in our faith, because here's what we said, is that all of us, okay, all of us, or many of us at least, have, have attended church services and church gatherings for years, okay? Like, we're in the Bible Belt. Many of you remember, like, sliding a little cookie over your finger, eating that thing, then having Kool-Aid, or then going playing dodgeball at VBS, and you got, like, hit in the stomach, you threw up the cookie, and it was just a really bad experience, okay? But you did that. Like, you, you've been VBS, Sunday school, RAs, GAs, you name it, Awanas, you're in it, okay? And then maybe you've called yourself a Christian, to mama and them, everybody at the workplace, everybody at the ball field, everybody at school. But the reality, okay, here, here's the fear. The reality is that for so many of those people, maybe even some of us, we're still living in the spiritual nursery. Okay? We're still living in the spiritual nursery. And God says, I didn't intend for you to stay there. I've called you to grow up. And so in this series, that's what we're doing. We're trying to grow up, take a step forward in our faith as we trust Jesus. And so every week we've read this um, passage together, Ephesians 4 from the message translation. Here's what it says. Look at it on the screen. It says, God wants us to, what does it say? To grow up, to know the whole truth and to tell it in love, like Christ in everything. We take our lead from Christ. He's the source of everything we do. He keeps us in step with each other. His very breath and blood flow through us, nourishing us so that we will grow up healthy in God, and robust in love. Scripture says it's for everybody, and the command is grow up. So that's the challenge in this series, if you've missed it. Grow up in our faith. Now today, our core passage is going to be in 1 Thessalonians chapter 2. So if you have a hard copy of Scripture, go with me, 1 Thessalonians chapter 2. Open up back half of your Bible, New Testament. You're going to land in about halfway through that in a whole just uh, uh, traffic jam of T's. You got the Thessalonians and the Timothys and the Titus. Thessalonians first turn on that street, 1 Thessalonians 2. So whether you have a hard copy or digital copy, uh, I think it's just so important for you to have that available in your lap so that you can track along with where we'll be. Uh, and if you miss it, we'll put verses on the screen behind me. They're going to be from the NIV translation. You read from whatever translation gets you to Jesus, okay? So 1 Thessalonians chapter 2. Now, the first two weeks of our series have laid a foundation for where we're going to be today. So if you miss one of the first two weeks, shame on you. No, I'm just kidding. Maybe you're out, okay? You're traveling sick. It's all good. So here's what I'm going to do. For about two minutes, all right, I'm going to go quick, and I'm going to give you a recap, a refresher, a reminder to get you up to speed, because if you miss the first two weeks, you're going to be a little bit lost going into week three today. So here's the cliff notes. You ready? Take notes on this. Week one, we answered this question, what is your, anybody remember that? Identity. Awesome. Six of you were here and you came back. That's good. We're, great. we're grateful you invited all these other people with you. Okay, we answered the question, what is your identity? And we used a graphic. You see the uh, graphic on the screen behind me. Um, and on that graphic, there was three different identities. We said there is a spiritless man or woman, a spiritual infant, and there is a, there is a spiritual man or woman. Highlight each one of those. Some people, we said some of you, maybe even some of you, are the spiritless man or woman. And for you, okay, God is, God is not in your life. And therefore, maybe the things of God, Scripture doesn't make sense. Like you don't really see the purpose in church. Maybe you got drug here today. You don't really see the understanding for a need relationship with Jesus, kind of doing your own thing, okay? And as a result, that person doesn't have God in their life, and there's three characteristics. They were helpless, heedless, and hopeless, and that is the spiritless man. 
the middle chair there, chair two, was the, the spiritual infant, if you will. Something changed there. You see that Christ is now in their circle. He's now in their life. Um, but who sits on the throne? Self sits on the throne. Therefore, we go like, hey, I'm a Christian. I'm a follower of Jesus. But who calls the shots? Self still calls the shots. I'm in control. And as a result, that person, perhaps many of us maybe identify in that chair, they are also defined by some things. Um, They feel very stuck in their relationship with God. Um, There's a lot of conflict that goes on in their life. And as a result, they are frustrated. Okay, So that's the spiritual infant. And then the third part was the spiritual man or woman. Now, a lot changes there because it's no longer self that's on the throne, but God sits on the throne and he calls the shots. That man or woman is not perfect but they are maturing. They're growing to become more like Jesus. And as a result, they live this life that experiences um, there's wisdom for them because they understand God's things for their life. There's change. They're growing to look more like Jesus. And then ultimately there's a power that's available to them um, because the Holy Spirit's in them and he calls the shots. So here's my question to all of you today. Okay, just like I've challenged all series long, where are you? Like which one of those three chairs are you in? Before you can grow, you got to be real about where you are starting, right? Now, last week, we looked at the process of maturity, growing, and and I had two chairs up on stage. You guys remember that? Just nod to let me know you were awake. Awesome. Okay, so I had a high chair over here representing a spiritual infant, and then we had a recliner over here that represented this spiritually maturing adult. Didn't mean they'd arrived, but it just meant they were becoming more and more like Christ. And we had these three characteristics for each of them. We said the infant, um, they, they are swayed by the world. They're unstable. They're susceptible to temptation. And then we said over here, we've got somebody who's confident in God's faithfulness. Um, they are, they're grounded in the word, and they are wise. They're living with a plan. And so the, the question was, how do we get from here to there? That was the important part. And so I gave you some real life action steps on how to walk that out. And so we kind of had to identify where we are. Now, here's what we're doing today. Here's why I gave you that synopsis. Because I want to talk about how the relationship of the spiritual infant and the spiritual adult work together. All right? This is good. We're going to work together. Paul writes this in our foundational passage, Ephesians 4.15. I'm going to read it from the NIV this time. Look at what it says on the screen. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every mature body or family of him who is the head that is Christ. Did you catch that? Paul says, we are to grow together. The call to grow up is not something you do alone, but it is a call to grow Together, Paul says to speak the truth in love so that we will grow up to become mature like Christ. In Jesus' final words on earth, before he returned to the Father in heaven, he gave us these final words that you probably heard at some point in your life. Matthew 28, 18, look at them again. Jesus came to them and said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. In other words, I have all power. All control is in my hands. Therefore, verse 19, go and make disciples of all nations. Baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. Teach them to obey everything I've commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Now today, I want us to focus on that one command that's at the crux of that passage. And that is make disciples. Now, we make a big deal in our culture out of people's final words. Like maybe you remember somebody who is important to you in your life, 
You remember their final words before they took their last breath, and you just, you'll never forget that. Okay, in this moment, we see the Son of God, the Savior of the world, His final words before He returns to God the Father, and they're what? Make disciples. So here's what we're going to do today. We're going to make Jesus' final words our first work. His final words become that important, that higher part of our first work. Now, I ran across a definition of discipleship or disciple making this week, um, and here's what it said. Here's what's on, it's on the screen. Follow me. It says, disciple making is intentionally equipping believers with the word of God through accountable relationships empowered by the Holy Spirit in order to replicate or produce faithful followers of Christ. Now, there's so much in that definition. Like, we could hang out here for the next three hours, but I know y'all want to eat lunch, and I do too. And so here's what I'm going to focus on. Two words from that is intentional and relationships. Disciple-making, listen to me, disciple-making isn't mass-produced, but it is deeply personal. Disciple-making is not mass-produced, but it is deeply personal. And I've become convinced that the greatest way to raise up someone in our faith, the greatest way for us to grow up in our faith is through an intentional life-to-life, one-to-one disciple-making relationship. It is when a spiritual adult, someone more mature in their faith, comes alongside a spiritual infant or spiritual child. That doesn't mean they're young in years biologically, but that means that they are young in years spiritually. And when they come alongside one another, and look, the spiritual adult raises up the spiritual child so that they both become spiritual adults, so that then they can raise up more children. That is disciple making. That is what God is calling us to. The reality is we've all, nobody's outside of this, we've all been called to grow up. The good news today is you don't have to grow up alone. It's not for you to do by yourself. Now, some of us, as we'll see today, some of you need a mentor. You need a spiritual adult, someone who's a little bit more mature in their faith in your life to walk alongside you to help you grow up. That's what you need. Some of you need to be a mentor. You need a a spiritual infant or a spiritual child, somebody who's not quite as mature, and you need to help them grow up in their faith as you share life together. So here's what we're going to do. In the rest of our time, I want us to look at these words um, that Paul writes to the believers, to a church at a place called Thessalonica. Thus, we get Thessalonians. And Paul writes these words to them. And I believe in this, you ready? In this, Paul gives us the formula for the most powerful and impactful way to grow up in our faith. And so I'm going to read the passage. We're going to help it make sense. But here's your role. Listen, it's not like get lost in the message today, okay, all that. Listen, here's your role. Your role, as we talk through all this, is to go, where am I in this relationship? Am I in it? Am I not? And what does it look like for me to be obedient to what God's calling me to do today? That's your job. Okay, 1 Thessalonians, pick up in chapter 2. We'll start in verse 7, go all the way to verse 12, and then we'll talk about it. Halfway through verse 7, it starts this way. It says, just as a nursing mother cares for her children, so we cared for you because we loved you so much. We were delighted to share with you not only the gospel of God, but our lives as well. Verse 9, surely you remember, brothers and sisters, our toil and our hardship. We worked night and day in order not to be a burden to anyone while we preach the gospel of God to you. 
Paul's talking about when he went to them and, and he served with them. He says, man, I didn't even make you pay me. Like I worked really, really hard outside so there wouldn't be a burden. Verse 10, you were witnesses and so is God of how holy and righteous and blameless we were among you who believe. In other words, they set a really high example. Now lock in verse 11. For you know that we dealt with each of you as a father deals with his own children, encouraging, comforting, and urging you to live lives worthy of God who calls you into his kingdom and glory. Now, here's what we're going to do. We're going to focus on those last couple of verses, verse 11 and 12, primarily. And we'll come back to the top in just a little bit, tie it all together to be this beautiful picture that we see. In these verses, Paul lays out what I'm convinced is the most powerful way of growing up in our faith, and he lays out the foundation of an intentional disciple-making relationship. Now, hear me from the beginning. Hear me. There cannot be discipleship without relationship. There cannot be discipleship without relationship. First, obviously, in Christ, okay? But we're going to see today growing together with one another. Verse 11 that we just read from 1 Thessalonians, Paul says, as a father deals with his own children. In other words, he's drawing this picture to say, what I'm about to tell you about, this involves a more spiritually mature person and it involves somebody who's a little less spiritually mature and they're gonna connect and grow together. That's what he's saying. And then he gives us three things that happen in an intentional disciple-making relationship. So I wanna highlight those three things, let it encourage us towards obedience today. Here's the first thing that Paul says. He says, in these relationships, there must be encouragement. There must be encouragement. He says, I encourage you as younger believers. Now, the original Greek word here for encouragement is this picture. Um, it's the picture of someone coming to another person's side to comfort them. It's this idea of comforting and consoling someone um, to assist them as they grow because of the obstacles that they might experience. So it's walking alongside them, right? Many of you know um, that we have a 16-year-old daughter named Kate who we brought into our family a couple of years ago. And uh, man, she's a sophomore in high school and just lay it out. Okay, I survived my first prom last night. Okay, go just give it up for dad. All right, just give it up for dad. We made it. I did not clean my shotgun in front of him. It's all good. Okay, we made it. And we're learning to drive right now, okay? Just for bonus brownie dad points, all right, we're learning to drive. And I'm still here, grace of God, present in my life. It's all good. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding, okay? But man, she's in high school. Everybody remembers high school, right? You remember the ups and downs of friendships and academics and extracurricular activity and all while being handed more responsibility in life? But can I just tell you, I mean, some of, some of the most special moments that I've had with Kate over the last two years is when we can just talk. We just talk about life. Right? Maybe it's like late at night, right before she's about to go to bed or on the way to school or coming home from school. And we just get to talk. We talk about friendships and what it's like to manage crazy friendships. We talk about how to be a better student, how to pursue academics, make that matter. We talk about what does it look like to be a Christ-like leader among our friends because not all of our friends are followers of Jesus. You know why those times have become like some of the most memorable, most special times for me as a dad is because my desire is to encourage her. One, because I remember like sophomore year was not that long ago. Like I remember it very vividly. And my desire is to help her not make the same mistakes I made. And also just to learn just a little bit of some of the things that I've learned and that God's taught me. And Paul says, that's exactly what happens in an intentional disciple-making relationship. It's the picture of a spiritual adult someone a little bit more mature in their faith, walking alongside somebody who's a little less spiritually mature in their faith, and steering them clear of the, road, of the roadblocks, the barriers that we've run into, all right, guiding them towards truth, keeping them on track. 
and encouraging them and loving them as they grow up in their faith. The truth is, we all need encouragement. Every single one of us. But especially when it comes to growing up in our faith in maturity to be more and more like Jesus. But that's what Paul is saying here. This is an essential part of the foundation of an intentional disciple-making relationships. When the spiritual adult comes with the spiritual child and they walk together to grow up together. We all need somebody in our life to give us that level of encouragement that propels us to keep going. Jesus said the Christian life would not be easy, but that's why I called you not to do it alone. Jesus says, bear one another's burdens, encourage one another, walk with one another so that you will not grow discouraged. The reality is some of you walked in discouraged, very discouraged in your spiritual walk because you don't have anybody encouraging you in that way. See, this word encouragement, it also carries with it an emphasis on um, activity, Paul was saying not only does the spiritual adult walk alongside the spiritual child to help them feel better, but it says they're also there to make them want to do better. This, this encouragement, it's not like an anesthesia that like soothes us and like puts us to sleep, but it's, it's a stimulant that kicks us into action and growth. It's the text message in the middle of a crisis that reminds you to keep your head up. It's that lunch visit over your lunch hour where somebody reminds you to stay consistent in the word even though life is busy. It's that phone call when the relationship starts breaking down and it's somebody who speaks truth into your life to go, man, you call to love and forgive even when you don't want to. See, encouragement is an essential part of making disciples and growing up in our faith. So let me ask you this. Dad, high school student, mom, who do you have in your life that's encouraging you in that way? And for some of my more spiritually mature people who've been following Jesus for a little while, who are you encouraging in that way? See, Scripture says encouragement, Paul says encouragement is a central part of an intentional disciple-making relationship. There's a second characteristic that Paul identifies, and that is comfort. Comfort. Paul says to the church at Thessalonica, he says, when I came, I came to comfort you. Now, your translation may use the word exhort. That's a good word too. My favorite of all is the original Greek word here. It's the word pedikaleo. Pedikaleo is just kind of fun to say. But here's what it means. It means to call one alongside yourself, to give aid to them, and to call them into action. How many of you have ever had the joy of taking like a young, one of your young children or grandchildren like to skate, roller skate for the very first time? Anybody done that before? Is that not just like the surprise of your Saturday morning? Okay, like, don't you love it when you get the roller skating birthday card invite? It's like, oh, awesome. I don't get to sit this one out. Like we're wearing gym clothes because we're, we're in this one. Like I'm going to be filling this birthday party tomorrow morning. It took my five-year-old, but I'm feeling it, right? Because I mean, like, seriously, you know how it works. It's an intimidating thing for like a kid to put wheels on the bottom of their feet for the first time. It's like, mom, this is not how you taught me to walk, but this is what you're telling me to do. Okay. Seriously. And so like, if you're a parent that cares at all, then you're probably like out on the rink floor. And we all got those pictures, like in the photo book, like it's the picture of the mom and dad walking with the kid. Okay. And you know what that looks like? Like they walk out on the rink floor and they're holding their hands and like, they're kind of urging. No, really what they're doing is they're dragging the kid because otherwise the wheels wouldn't be rolling. That's real life. Okay. But like, let's make it more beautiful. Okay. And so they're walking alongside that child as they're learning, and they become like this source of care and comfort and security and safety for that child. And Paul says, that's exactly, that's it. 
That's exactly what it looks like when the, when the spiritual adult walks with the spiritual infant or child in this relationship where they're growing together. is just like that kid on skates needs the care and the comfort and the attention. It, it, it takes that from the spiritual mature adult to give that care and comfort and attention and, and safety blanket to walk alongside that less spiritually mature person so that you might grow up together in your faith. Pedicaleo. You see, this... Uh, term in ancient times, that word pedicaleo was used in speaking to troops that were about to go into battle. Um, and the story is told of an ancient military unit um, who had lost heart and they were feeling like greatly dejected, like these, these dudes had checked out of the war. They were not in it anymore. And the general, he sends this leader um, of the forces, he sends them to this unit, like just to speak to them. As the story goes, the leader spoke such a word of comfort to them that like it refueled them and refitted them to be ready for battle, to walk back into the, to the war. He became their pedicaleo, to walk with them. And when you share life with another believer, that's what happens. Although your faith may be weak and you may be struggling in your purpose, your spiritual parent, your spiritual mentor walks alongside you to comfort you, to exhort you in such a way to help you remember you're not in it alone. Yeah, it's hard. Yeah, it's a battle. But God hasn't designed you to grow up alone. He's designed you to grow up with a comforter in your life. One of the greatest decisions I feel like that I've made over the last uh, 12, 18 months of my life is to bring in a, a man, a more spiritually mature man into my life um, to walk alongside me, to become my comforter in that way. And man, he knows me. Uh, he knows me inside and out. Nothing is off limits to him. And he, he knows my heart. He knows my desires. He knows what makes me tick. He knows how things are going at home when it's good and when it's not good. And I know that I can, I can text him at any point. He's going to text me back. I can call him. He'll pray for me. He'll talk to me. He'll meet with me. We need to do lunch. Let's do lunch. We're doing lunch. And see, he's become my pedicaleo. He's become that comforter for me. So let me ask you again. Who's in your world that is comforting you on that level? For some of you who've been doing this thing for a little while, who are you comforting on that level? Like, who are you investing your life in in that way? Or is it just really, I'm just keeping it to myself. I got a lot going on. See, Scripture says, man, tension to cyber-making relationship, it's filled with encouragement. It's filled with comfort. There'd be a pedicaleo that would be with you. Now, I want to look back at our verses one more time, just the reminder. 1 Thessalonians 2, verse 11. Read it again. It says, for you know that we dealt with each of you as a father deals with his own children. Here's our three words. Encouraging comforting and urging you to live lives worthy of God who calls you into his kingdom and glory. Paul says we encourage one another, we comfort one another. You see that third one? We urge one another. Paul says that we would urge one another on in our faith. Now, some translations um, use the word implore. That's a good word too. Here's what that means. It's this idea of begging earnestly or desperately. What Paul's speaking to is he's speaking to the, the spiritually mature adult. And he's going, man, you should have that kind of urgency for that, that younger believer in your life, man, that you would encourage them and teach them and comfort them all the way so that they might grow up in their faith. He's saying, live with that. Because let's be real today, all right? It's easy to have somebody in our life who's just bringing encouragement. 
Like, that's warm and fuzzy. We're like, yeah, I'll take some more of that. And it's like, it's real good to have somebody in our life who, who comforts us. Well, man, I need that. I have bad days, okay? But to have somebody who urges you, who challenges you in your faith, that's a whole new level. But Paul says it's essential to an intentional, growing, disciple-making relationship. You know what I found? You know, I've observed over the last decade or so of watching hundreds of people try to grow up in their faith. We quit far too easily. We quit far too easily. I mean, like our perseverance level spiritually is like right here. I'm talking about we settle for the bare minimum far too quickly. We default towards what pleases selfishness and desires. Like we do it daily. We don't have to think about it. We just wake up to it. We're like, what about me today? That's why Jesus says, no, no, no. Like, listen, it's a daily thing to take up your cross daily and follow me. Like you got to lay down self daily. We quit far too easily, guys. But can I, can I just remind us in the face of that truth today? Jesus never said that following him would be smooth and comfortable and simple and easy. Like, I haven't found that verse. You know what he did say? This is going to require sacrifice, perseverance, and obedience, and commitment. But he said, it'll be the greatest thing you'll ever do with your life. If you would choose to say, yes, follow me, no matter what. Therefore, because that's true, because it's not easy, Therefore, we must have someone in our life to urge us on in our faith. But seriously, like, what does that look like? Like in daily life, when Monday hits tomorrow, what does that look like? Well, I think it looks like having somebody who urges you on in the Word. Like, they, they will read the Word with you. Maybe it's a, a reading plan on the Bible app, or you're getting together on this morning for breakfast or lunch or every other week. Or, man, you're urging each other in the Word, and they're going to read the Word with you. Maybe there's things that you don't understand, and you're like, man, I don't understand this, and they bring it to light. Or maybe you're walking alongside a, a learner in your life, and you're going like, hey, maybe you don't understand this. Let me tell you what God's taught me about this. They're urging you in the Word. They urge you on in prayer. That means they'll pray with you, and they'll pray for you, through the victories and the valleys of life. It means you got somebody in your life that you can share your struggles with temptation with and they won't judge you for sharing. But they'll love you too much to leave you there. It's somebody that you can text when you're having a bad day to go, man, my world's blowing up. Speak some truth. There's that phone call that you can make whenever you need some spiritual advice to go, I don't understand. So when you have somebody who's urging you on in this kind of relationship, it's somebody who's going to push you towards obedience, even when it goes against everything in you and maybe everyone around you. That's what it looks like. And if we're going to grow up in our faith, guys, like really grow up in our faith, it takes somebody to urge us on to stay on track in God's purposes for our life. So again, let me ask you, who you got? Who's in your world that's urging you on that way? Or for some of you, who are you urging on? You've had somebody who's walked with you. Who are you challenging? Who are you urging on? See, Paul says an intentional, growing, disciple-making, life-to-life relationship. You know what it means? It means there's encouragement, there's comfort, and there's this challenge. There's this urging together as we grow together in the Word. Now, 
Here's what I know. Many of you are going, like, where is there a relationship like that? Man, I wish I had that when I came to faith in Christ. Like, I could have benefited from that, but like, like seriously, like that was deep. Like, can that even happen? Like, you know how much going on in the world? Like, we got kids and job and all bills and all this stuff. Like, can that really happen? The answer is yes. It can happen. You know what? Paul tells us how. He gives us the formula. Look back at the beginning of the passage. Verse 8, 1 Thessalonians 2. Paul says this. He says, because we loved you so much that we were delighted to share with you not only the gospel of God, but our lives as well. Paul says, hey, listen, the way you find encouragement and comfort and challenge somebody to urge you on, it's not just in sitting in Bible study together. It's not just sitting in church services with dozens or hundreds of other people. It's not even in personally just diving into the word, just full steam ahead. Like all those are amazing things and obedient things. But he says, if you really want to find that level of encouragement and comfort and challenge to really grow up in your faith, you know how you find it? You connect your life with the life of another believer and you grow together. He said it. He says, we loved you so much that we were not only willing to share the gospel, but that we would share our lives as well. You see, there can be no discipleship without relationship. And I want, to hear you, I want you to hear the story of two ladies who are a part of our exchange family here, who they found it. They found the power and the impact of living together in an intentional disciple-making relationship where they're growing together. You guys watch the screen. Well, when I first um, learned that I was going to be able to teach and walk alongside of Georgette, I had a lot of different feelings come up. One thing, it seemed to take us a while before we actually got to meet, and I think that kind of built in me uh, an anticipation of, oh no, you know, uh, I dealt with fear, I felt timid, and a little bit overwhelmed. But on the other side of that, there was the anticipation and the excitement of what is God going to do in this friendship? I was just excited. Like, I, was, I wasn't I was nervous at all. I mean, I had a baby to take care of, but or I had two babies to take care of at that time. Um, but it was, I was just excited. Every week, I was dealing with these fears and these negative thoughts of, who do you think you are? <laughs> or you don't have all the answers. Or what if she asks you something you don't know? <laughs> you know, all that was going through my mind. Whenever I was 21, I had a car accident. My mom hit a tree and going 90 miles an hour. <laughs> I was, my back was broken, femur was broken, my feet were broken, I had a trach and a femur tube. And then I had to learn how to, I was in the hospital like four or five months, and then I had to learn how to walk, talk, and, and speak again. From the accident, I don't understand stuff. Um, I had a brain injury and uh, I can't speak, I can't read good. So the super book is for kids, and it like, it work. I mean, it works for me. Um, 
and I've had it, I've been doing it every day. One of the special times I remember when we were studying was a week we talked about prayer. And uh, I remember Georgette asking me, well, you know, what do you say? Uh, how do I know what to pray? How do I know he hears me? I encountered, suffered a great insult. And it was one of those times, you know, you say, hurt my feelings. This was more like a kick in the gut. It really hurt. And I was at a place where I couldn't really share with anybody. And I immediately turned in prayer and said, God, your pain, your hurt, your insults were so much more than this. But I just need to know that you've got me right now because I can't really handle this. And within 20 minutes, I received a text from Georgette. I text her. And I don't text, you know what I'm saying, I don't text. So I text her, I was like, I know, I don't know if you need me right now, but somebody, I mean, God said to call you, I would text you. And she says, I've been thinking about you all day. And I don't know if you know, but I'm gonna pray for you. And I'm gonna pray for you all night. I just wanted you to know. Well, I was so excited. <laughs> You know, I was like, God, that was worth the kick in the gut. That was worth it. Because God not only answered the prayer for me, but he used Georgette, the one that I'm learning and talking to about prayer. He spoke to her, and she was the one he used to love me. I try to pray, but I don't think about it all the time. But then when when she calls or texts, and I pray. You know what I'm saying? It, it's I'm getting better at praying, but it's just... I think God has uh, taught me and reminded me that He's still working on me and that going through the different times and studies and discipleship topics that we're going through, um, it's not just about me teaching her. It's about God teaching us. For me personally, it's not a question of whether I want to do this or how I feel about it. I want to be a follower of Christ, like you said. I want to be a believer. And to do that, I follow his example. And Jesus made disciples. Jesus taught others. And though I'm not Jesus, I want to be more like him, and I want him to use me in teaching others and helping others that are growing in Christ. Whenever you're new, it's hard to to trust, period. It's hard to trust. Um, but she came to my life and it's been wonderful ever since. She texts me and stuff that makes my day. You know what I'm saying? It makes my day. God's asking you, he's inviting you to be a part of something really special. And you don't want to miss that. You don't want to miss out on doing something that he might be leading you to do. Yeah, it's going to be hard. It's not going to be easy. It's difficult to always find time but it's so worth the time and the relationship that he is bringing you to. That's the power of an intentional disciple-making relationship. Remember, there's encouragement, there's comfort, there's challenge to grow up in your faith. So let me ask you this. Who are you sharing that kind of relationship with? 
who you're walking with in that kind of way. You see, this whole series has been about growing up together in our faith. It's all been building blocks on top of each other because week one we ask you to find what is what is your identity? Where are you in your faith? Are you, are you a spiritless man or woman? Are you a spiritual infant? Are you a spiritual man or woman that's growing in your faith? And then last week, right, we saw, we saw the, the process to maturity, to move from a spiritual infant in the high chair to grow to become a spiritually maturing adult who's trusting in Christ. But today... Today's the biggest challenge yet, but yet I think the most impactful moment of maybe the whole series. See, together today, we're introducing all of us to a pathway for all of us to connect in that kind of intentional life-to-life relationship through something that we're calling life-to-life learning. Life-to-life learning. And life-to-life learning, our goal is to pair up a spiritual mentor or adult with a spiritual infant or child so that they could connect in a life-to-life relationship to grow up together in their faith. And over the last few weeks, I've asked you to identify where you are for this moment right here. See, some of you remember all the way back to week one, you go like, man, like I I was a chair one or chair two person. I got some maturing to do, definitely. Like, I'm, I'm really new to the whole this faith thing. And for you today, you need a spiritual mentor who's going to step into your life and encourage you and comfort you and urge you on in your faith. For some of you, man, as we walk through this series together, you go week one, like, I feel like I was kind of a chair three person. God's getting me there. And last week, as we talked about the recliner of being wise and confident and grounded, you go, I feel like God's getting me there. I'm growing daily. I'm becoming more like him. But like, that's where I am. Listen to me. If that's you today, you need to be a mentor. You need to invest your life into a spiritual infant or child to give life to them to grow up together. Now, some of you, I know what you're thinking. You're going, hold on, hold on, hold on. Like, I'm in a life group. I'm connected. Like, y'all talk about it all the time. I'm in a group. Listen, that's awesome. Don't quit your group. You need your group. Your group needs you. But what I'm telling you today is I'm telling you about what I believe is the most powerful, impactful way that you can grow up together in your faith. You see, Linda said it. It's not a matter of if we want to, but Jesus says it's an essential part of us growing up together. Jesus says, go make disciples. And today I'm just saying... That his final words got to be our first word. That it would be that important to us. So today, we're offering to you an opportunity to take not a small, but a big step of obedience in your faith. To connect your life up with somebody who's a little less mature, or maybe a little bit more mature. To grow up in your faith together. Now, here's the question. How are we going to do this? How's this work? All right. If you're ready to take this step, here's what I'm asking you to do. I'm asking you to type this in your phone or write it somewhere, wherever you can, on your hand, on a connection card, to write down this email address. You're going to see it on the screen behind me. Life to life at the exchange.cc. Life to life at the exchange.cc. Some of you, man, God's been so real to you today. 
You just need to go and open up your mail app on your phone and go on and put that in the two line and then follow what I'm about to say. Okay? There's some of you going like, I may have to wait till this afternoon. Listen to me. Here's what you're going to do. You're going to email your name, just your name, to that email address, life to life at theexchange.cc, just your name. Here's what you're going to get back. You're going to get back a reply email, and it's going to ask you this right here. You ready? It's going to say, hey, do you feel like God is calling you to be a spiritual mentor? That you would invest your life and, and help somebody else grow up in their faith. God's, God's been good to you. He's helped you. So will you and grow somebody else up? Or do you feel like God's calling you to be a spiritual learner? Somebody who's really new to faith, and you got a lot of growing to do, and you're willing to walk alongside with somebody. You're going to get back that reply email. You reply to that, then we'll kick you one more email. It's just going to ask you a handful of informational questions to help us get to know you and your world and what your life looks like. And then hear me, over the next couple of weeks, our staff team is going to connect you with somebody else so that you can grow in this relationship together. Intentional, life-to-life learning as we grow up together. Now, here's what I know is real talk for some of you. So what are you committing to? Some of you are going to listen to me. I, I know you saying it, the preacher said it, like I ain't sending my name to no email address till I know what's about to happen. I mean, like, does this mean that I'm about to be in a meeting every single week? This means somebody, some crazy person from the church is going to come knock on my door every Tuesday night while we're trying to eat supper. This means, this means somebody wants to get all up in my business, want to know all about my life. Does this mean I'm about to sign up for a year-long Bible study? Because listen, it's ball season. We got games and bills and all this stuff. I can't do a year long. I got ADD. I can't do it. Listen to me. Listen. No. That's not what it means. Here's what it means. It means that you're taking a step of obedience today to connect your life with the life of another believer so that you can grow up together in your faith. See, here's the cool thing. Every relationship is going to look different. You know why? Because every single person's life, schedule, and spiritual maturity is different. Today, you're just saying, I'm serious. I'm serious about growing up and taking the next step of faith to be more like Jesus because I think that's what he wants me to do. Now, I'm your pastor, and I can shoot straight with you like this. Listen to me. If you're not serious about it, don't shoot the email, okay? If you're not serious, don't shoot the email because it is going to be an investment of time for our team to help connect you, for you, and for either a mentor or learner in your life. So listen to me. Don't get on an emotional high today because the preacher said something and then do it. You do it because God is on you today, and he's going like, I've been waiting on you to take a next step. You've been knowing you need this. You need to pour into somebody. You need somebody to pour into you. And this is it. And if he's leading you in that way, then listen to me. By all means, be obedient. Obedience is not always easy, but it's always right. Hear me. We've all been called to grow up. All of us. Good news today? You don't have to grow up by yourself. But we've been called to encourage and to comfort and to urge one another as we grow up together. Let me pray for you. Thanks again for listening to this message. For more information about The Exchange or to find out how you can connect with or support what God is doing, visit www.theexchange.cc. Now go, be the church, and give life.